Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. Bat Fanatic Podcast. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic Podcast. This is our first ever video episode. I got my brand new co-hosts in the house. We'll get to that in a moment. First, I got to shout out our season three. Whoa, it's almost season four. I'm in the habit of saying the same thing. We're in between seasons, but our sponsor remains TNK Comics and Collectibles. You can follow on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics or on Instagram for claim sales at The Nando Knight. That's K-N-I-G-H-T. And today we are going to do our first of many, hopefully, Comic-Con reviews. This is Fan Expo Portland. All right, so today I've got our new friends who will be with us for the fourth season, both members of the Bat Force. I've got the host of the Everything Batman podcast. Dunk, how's it going? What up? Everything's all good here. And I've got the co-host of the Grumps and Gramps, Tons of Laughs with Grumps and Gramps podcast, The Dark Knight of Barbecue. I've frozen to death. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Skeletor cosplay. He is actually deceased. Um, <laughs> He's trying to stay warm. Coming to you from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on that note, I'll start with Dunk since Gramps passed away. Um, RIP. <laughs> but just to uh, introduce you folks, people who might listen to our show or now be watching it. And um, yeah, so you do. First of all, you're both members of Bat Force Radio, which is as far as I know, longest running, biggest Batman podcast there is. So, you know, you're slumming it with me today. Thank you. <laughs> um, but talk to folks about the Everything Batman podcast. What do you cover on your show? So my podcast is pretty much an open platform where the majority of people are cosplayers. And uh, similar to what we're doing today, I do reviews from the number of Comic-Cons that I attend. And I think it's super cool that yours is purely fandom focused because... There's lots of different angles, and the most common ones being reviews, like we often do on this show. You know, we've done a couple of bonus episodes where we talk about cons and stuff, and I've been fortunate enough to guest on your show a few times, which has been great. But there's not really a lot about the fandom itself. And so you're kind of like the man on the ground. You know, you're at every show. Like, how many cons did you say you went to last year? Last year was 12. 12. That's Dunk fucking, is the connoisseur of conventions. It's insane. The con connoisseur. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's insane. And so you're out there networking, meeting everybody, and bringing on collectors, cosplayers, whatever, to tell their stories, which is super cool. Because a lot of times there's people I've followed for a long time on Instagram, and maybe we interact on there, but I didn't actually know about them. A lot of times we don't even know each other's real names. <laughs> Pretty so, much. Yeah, Everything Batman Podcast, highly recommend. It's also a video show, so you can check that out on the Bat Force YouTube channel. Um, Gramps, you and 
Grumps have done a figure spinoff where you break down some of your favorites. I actually just watched your recap of 2023 favorites uh, with special guest Teases. That was super cool. Uh, what made you guys want to start doing your own thing as a, a spinoff of the Bat Force? Well, first, it's good to be back alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Grumps and Gramps show kind of started off as a joke. As far as uh, members of the Bat Force, Grumps and I are pretty much the heavy loaders when it comes to figure collecting. I mean, the other guys collect too. I mean, that's kind of one of the the bonding forces of the Bat Force, I guess. But he and I would always, in our group chats and stuff, be always talking about these figs. And they were just like, you guys need to have your own your own little kind of spin-off show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the YouTube channel is kind of like our own network in a way. Yeah. We still do our shows with guests where we talk about the books and things of that. Dunk does his everything Batman where he's talking with people at conventions, the the cosplayers. And we've all found our niche for kind of what we wanted to do in our own little channel on the network, if you want to think of it in that way. And and Grumps and Gramps kind of grew out of our love for collecting and discussing and customizing the 112 scale action figures. It, it's been a lot of fun. I think we've done 40 something, 42 episodes. Wow. It's a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun. And 2024 is, is going to be even better. Um, so if you love Batman content and you love collecting reach out over there and uh maybe you can find a home for us too and yeah if you like batman content between the three of us there is a lot you're gonna get a lot you're gonna get a lot yeah it's gonna be a lot i do want to shout out your co-host bat force grumps because he was like one of the first people when i started my little collection page bat fan addict you know i just was like i gotta stop sharing all this nerdy shit on my music page people are gonna unfollow me if they want (laughs) to watch my music videos or my tour dates and then i'm constantly posting this animated series toys and shit and so i started my own page and he was one of the first people who uh you know, was really supportive and, and reposting mm-hmm. my stuff. And, you know, that was like five, six years ago, and he still does to this day. And so, yeah, I mean, he was my first introduction to any of you guys in the broader community. So, yeah, I really appreciate that, dude. Yep. We love Grumps. He puts on this facade that he's a big, bad, tough New Yorker guy, but he's a big teddy bear. I would think of him as the essential hater with that kind of name <laughs> you know and occasionally he'll weigh in with the unpopular opinion but for the most part he's like the sweetest dude and the most supportive so oh yeah uh, yeah oh, definitely right about that love you grumps now today's <laughs> episode like i said will be the first of hopefully many as we visit various conventions this year we've done a couple bonus things where we do like an instagram live and record it you know and i dropped that on the podcast but we're trying to do more proper episodes and this is our first full video episode ever and being remote it allows us to do this and these two guys are veterans of the video game here so not video game but you know the fucking video pod game and so They were giving me some tips on how to do this, and we're going to try it out. I've got video to share. i got photos to share from Fan Expo Portland. So 
bear with me as we roll this out for the first time. But this was my first fan expo. Uh, have you guys been to, uh, I know, of course, Dunk has, but have you gone to a bunch of uh, fan expo events in your area? Yeah, fan expo is the largest con in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think they also do Houston, but Dallas used to have its Dallas Comic Con, but then Fan Expo, you know, developed into the premier company that it is and moved in and started having larger events. And Dallas used to have, you know, its Comic Con used to be really focused on comics. Yeah. But the Fan Expo has expanded that where now they're bringing in celebrity guests and things like that. So uh, that's really overtaken this market. So I, I usually go to that every year. That was kind of my first reaction to the guest list is like, okay, it seems like Fan Expo is more of a celebrity con than like it's at the same convention center in Portland, Oregon as Rose City Comic Con, which is a very comic heavy event. And, you know, they're only a few months apart. And so it was kind of a trip going there in the same place and having like kind of a totally different vibe. Dunk, what was your, uh, let's say, what was your introduction to them? Do you remember? Um, Megacon last year. Was it last year? Well, that was wait, your first two, one? Two years now. Wow. And that was like pretty much the beginning of me putting, you know, the miles in the aisles. Yeah. And just, you know, just going to all these cons. And that was pretty much also the beginning of the podcast. Right. Yeah. I love fan expos. They really capture multiple avenues of like fandom when it comes to artists, actors, and and such. Yeah. I always enjoy them. I just, I'm a bigger fan of like an actual con, like comic book related and like artists and stuff, but not yeah. to knock Fan Expo, but. No, um, I mean, I think it, they have it a, could great, be overwhelming. a great bench of talent. I think this one, not being one of the huge ones, reminded me a bit of like GalaxyCon Austin. I went there for the first time in September and, you know, similar size and also seemed to be more celebrity leaning, but also like they had so many events back to back because there was. Fan Expo New Orleans a week before Portland, and then three weeks later is Megacon that everybody's at. So I could definitely understand why there's not a fully loaded bench. And this event actually had a pretty big complication. We got all of these winter storm warnings before it happened, and it was like, we're going to get either an inch or eight inches of snow. We don't know what. <laughs> and it's going to be below freezing for four days. And so everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and um, I didn't know, like, I don't drive a four-wheel drive vehicle or anything that's that can handle that kind of thing. And so I was like, man, I don't want to get trapped up there. I'm just going to take the train. I'm going to take Amtrak into town. I'll get some lifts, you know, to and from. And uh, hopefully I'll be okay. And so this is... The uh, news broadcast the morning of the con in Portland, Oregon. Check this out. It is uh, <laughs> full on like windstorm with snow, ice, freezing rain. I turned to my buddy, I was staying with him, and I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. Why am I here? Like, this is outside the con window. You know, this is a view from the train where it's not a ton of snow, but it's like two, three inches of solid ice. You know, wow. and so you can't go. And it didn't stop the uh, anti-abortion folks, as you can see, from uh, <laughs> nothing stops them rallying outside. <laughs> but yeah, it did affect the turnout. Look at this. This is during business hours on Friday. Oh, wow. This is so insane. Everyone, so everyone was late. There were some late flights, and there were some, uh, as you can see here, 
cancellations. So that was unfortunate, but I made it. I had a good time. I'm grateful that everybody did their best to show up, but there was an insane amount of backlash. I don't know if you guys follow the event on Instagram, but the comments are insane. Really? Everyone is like, fuck you for stealing our money. You should give us refunds or whatever. I'm like, yo, they didn't cancel the event. (laughs) If the celebrity you paid to meet canceled, you get refunded. But like the event's still there. Like we're at it right now while I'm reading your comments. You know, like (laughs) I, I get it. It's difficult. It's a lot of anxiety. They had about 15 cancellations overall. I think there was eight in the celebrities and almost as many in the comics. So Mm, that's unfortunate. You can't control the weather. It sucks. It sucks when the stuff like that happens. Exactly. And all these people come from across the country to be there for us. They're not just going to pull the plug when everyone's in town, you know, and the forecasts were so like back and forth as to, well, it could be this. It could be really bad. Could not, you know, it's like, I don't blame them at all. And I'm, I'm glad they kept it going because as we'll see, I was still able to uh, get a lot done and not a lot of lines. <laughs> well, I was about to say, there's a silver lining in something like that. If you're selfish, like we are, I mean, because <laughs> like, like you said, it kind of helps with finding the people that you want to see, the guests that you want to see, and yeah. it cuts out the lines. So, you know, yes, that's very unfortunate. I mean, Dallas has had some issues as well. You know, no convention is perfect, but they can't control the weather, like you said. At the end of the day, we all want to be safe. We all, you know, want to um, have a good experience, but you can't demand these people fly across the country and, and land when, you know, there's a blizzard going on out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm it, sure Texas gets hit pretty hard. Yeah. We get some crazy wind and um, hailstorms and stuff like that. That's, yeah. I know. Speaking of, you know, Fan Expo, last year, one of the guests that you met this past weekend, his flight was delayed because Mm. of weather like that. And yeah, it was a little inconvenient, but, you know, at the end of the day, what can you do? You hope that everybody arrives safely and and then have a good time. And and it's a four-day convention, so, you know, plan accordingly. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, I was only in town for a little over 24 hours. I got to go to the con two different days. I was barely, I mean, I walked maybe a few blocks the whole time I was there. I was able to get rides when I didn't feel like it was (laughs) habitable outside. You know, I had my big Bob the Goon jacket. It's got the furry (laughs) collar on it. I was warm as shit, you know, but my ears were exposed because I normally have a hoodie. And so I'm like, oh my God, it feels like they're going to fucking fall off my head. And so I was just getting rides when I could, but you know, it's all right. Uh, I want to show you, there were some guests that I was able to meet last year, so I didn't necessarily this year, but um, you could check out the uh, Tara Strong table here. She's the first one I was thinking about. Yeah. I was just like, Tara Strong. Tara was there. Giancarlo from Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, Mandalorian, he was there. Rose McGowan was going to be there, and she canceled, but there was still uh, a good amount of folks. Also, the first comic guest... I met last year as well at Washington Summer Con. And let me pull him up here. So this is uh, Mitch Garrods. I met him him. last year to sign my 
One Bad Day Riddler book that he did. The first issue of that series is fucking awesome. Yeah. And he did a Riddler sketch for me. It was like a remark. And um, nice. Let's call it a buck fifty remark, you know, and it wasn't too elaborate, but it was it was nice. And then I come back this year and they've got the remark option, but they've got a step up. So for uh two fifty, you were able to get a more detailed sketch. And I just stood here and chatted with him, watched him work for like twenty minutes. I was the first person there. And um this was my first Rorschach trying to branch out. Dunk was talking about, we always get the same Harley and Catwoman and Poison Ivy, you know, before we uh, recorded today, we were talking about that. And so I've been trying to mix it up a little bit. I got a Swamp Thing. I got some Sin City. Nice. I got nice. Rorschach. It's always amazing to me to watch these guys work, you know, and they do it so quickly. And I have Especially to- at 16 times speed. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> I, slow down. I have to imagine that these artists kind of practice and get into a, a, a convention mode and they practice kind of what they're going to sketch, you know? Yeah. I have to assume, I'm not a professional artist, but the amount of commissions that they can draw during a, a weekend, I have to assume that they say, okay, I'm going to do so many... And Batman is always the probably the number one. Of course. You'd probably draw Batman with his eyes closed. But you throw him a curveball with a Rorschach, and I'm like, that's what's well, cool. Well, is that he did a Rorschach to... variant on the, okay. the Tom King one that this blank is from. And I had seen an eBay Rorschach from Mitch that I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it was right when I got that Frank Miller commission. And so I was, I was just spent and I missed out on it. I even saw on the Facebook sketch group, somebody posted on, look what I just got. I'm like, God damn, you have been, you know, whatever. So when I saw he was going to be at fan expo, I was like, Oh man, I'm going to get that Rorschach. (laughs) (laughs) So I uh, just had to make this one. And I'm honestly so glad because then you get kind of the experience of it's made for you and you talk to him and, um, you know, you see the process of like, dude, he just whipped out the whiteout pen dried super fast and he's drawn right over the top of it like i'll pull up a closer one where you can see the actual detail but he's got like the raindrops coming off of the brim of the hat and stuff and it just oh nice that is awesome and you know he probably appreciates it hey here's somebody that kind of knows a little bit more about my history my background and brought me a cool subject to do instead of just you know a batman because he's drawn batman forty five thousand times and his so, Batmans are really good. So his I Batmans was are honestly, really good. I was tempted. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's so many people that I was talking to Dunk before you got on today, Gramps, about like, oh man, this guy is really good at this style. And sometimes you got to kind of pick and choose of like, maybe I want a unique character, but I know this person's better at monsters or something. Yeah. You know, or this person's better at women than male characters or something like that. So you kind of right. got to, Play to their strengths, you know? No, you're exactly right. There's an artist, you probably know him, Jay Lee. He comes to Fan Expo Dallas like every year. And, you know, he has this very specific style that works really well with certain characters. I've gotten two commissions from him. And my friend Levi has gotten like three or four commissions from him because we just, we really like his 
his style. But you're right. You have to kind of pick a character or an idea that fits to their strength. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're not going to get your money's worth. And I kind of carried that over from music because, you know, you do collaborations by just like, hey, throw a verse on this track and this is the subject and whatever, right? And I'd done that in the earlier days a couple times where it's like, oh, man, I, I thought that was going to work out better than it did. Or maybe you got to like, okay, since you're in different states, kind of like you and me right now, you got, well, you email them back. Maybe it'd be better if it was more in this direction or that, you know, because you're not together. Right. And what I learned over time is that I might have someone in mind, but I got to just save that in the back of my head until I find the perfect song where it's like, I got a song. Oh, man, what would make this one better? And I'm kind of going through my mental notes. I'm like, oh, this dude would destroy this particular song. But it can't just be like, oh, man, I just want to do something with you because then right. you're not making the most of the collaboration. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So the one piece that I prepaid for was a kind of a continuation. So a year and a half ago at Washington SummerCon, I was able to meet Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, mm. VIP event there. And Greg was not sketching. No. We got to hang out with them, have dinner, do all this stuff after the con. Oh, nice. It was really cool. But could not even get a remark from the guy. And so I remember Dunk went to San Diego Comic-Con. And both you and Bat Force Tom were like, yo, Capullo, he's got these remarks out. And you're sending me pictures of him. <laughs> and they're like, I won't say, but they're pricey for a really detailed but very small yeah. head sketch on a blank cover. And to me, I would rather a less detailed, larger piece if it's on a blank cover because the whole giant negative space thing throws me off. And so I was like, man, I just, I can't, I don't think I can justify that. I wouldn't be happy with it. And so a long time goes by and the announcements come for Fan Expo Portland and who is on the list but Jonathan Glapian. Nice. And I realized when I heard uh, Mandy from Comic Sketch Art say his name that I've been saying it wrong all these years, but it's pronounced Glapian. <laughs> and uh, his wife, Tara, said it's actually probably like Glapion or something like that, but we say Glapian. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Got that now. But the piece that I wanted to get originally from Greg was the death of the family, gnarly face ripped off, reattached Joker. Because that... It's my favorite Joker design. And it's like my favorite panel, period, when he's just like peeking out of the darkness, looking straight at you. You got those fucked up eyes. And I showed him, it's like, yeah, it's the lock screen on my phone. You know, I want this, your Joker, like this kind of style. And what I didn't expect is that as I came back throughout the day, he was recreating that exact panel, basically, of him hidden in the shadow there. I was really, really pleased with this. And for our listeners, he is the inker for most of Capullo's comics. Yes. And what I didn't realize is that I even had more pieces that weren't with me. Because I was like, oh, shit, you, you inked the Deadly Duo Capullo variants. I didn't realize that. He did We Are Demons. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And Greg's 
pencils, I mean, they're kind of very detailed, but very loosely detailed. And it takes a true yes. artist's eye to understand, you know, someone that speaks that art language with Greg and is very familiar with his drawing style to know what he's trying to bring out of his pencils. And Glapian is one of the top in the industry. Yeah. And I think that Evan talked about that when we reviewed Court of Owls and Death of the Family of like, did you look at the process photos in the back of this book? Like, yeah, it is insane that that's what he was able to interpret from these, you know, because you can yeah. kind of go a lot of different ways with it. And if you look at his own art, like his own convention sketches and things like that, it's way more stylized. And mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to me to, uh, I would have liked to pick his brain more about the collaboration, but uh, he was actually one of the busier tables. Seemed like more people coming up for, for signings okay. and stuff. There was but actually, um, you know, this he is started a, with... A piece. Oh, nice. Very cool. How much was that? 200 bucks. Worth it. That's a steal from a guy <laughs> so like that. So worth it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's a guy that, I mean, honestly, he could do his own interiors if he if he wanted to. I think he's that good of an artist. But there's some guys that, you know, they don't want to be, you know, the ones, I guess, kind of co storytellers and stuff like, you know, the regular interior pencils. And they're more than happy just staying in their lane, yeah, doing the inking and working on commissions on the side. And I think that's kind of what he's been doing. And his own original stuff is amazing. Yeah. He had some of those like, you know, 150 full color remark covers where, you know, it'd be like Batman spawn or something like that. But he's one of those dudes who does it well, where it's not just like, oh, I'm going to draw in a Sharpie over a busy full color (laughs) photo. You know, it's like, I'm going to put down a base and then draw over that. So it really pops, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he's great. And I was able to get a lot of my uh, New 52 stuff signed. I got the first three issues sequentially, as well as Dark Knight's Metal, of course, Death of the Family, because that's what we're talking about. But yeah, so these were all ones that were double signed before that now I've got him on there. And it sucks too, because I was like looking at, like I have more issues from that run, but they switched up inkers at a certain point. Yeah, and so I've got these like Danny big sign prints. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I've got some big sign prints from Snyder and Capullo from that era, and I'd be like, "Oh shit, no!" Like, because this is from the variant, and he didn't do the variant, you know, all that shit. But um, so let me ask, because I mean, I didn't know that he was doing conventions before. So yeah, I, this was my first chance to get to meet him. Hopefully, he does some more because I've never known for him to to really do any conventions. He's so busy, tied up, inking comics. Yeah. Um, yeah he's been doing more fan expos this year, uh, last year. Yeah, he's going to be at Megacon as well. Yeah. So, Oh, nice. Get in at the table if you can. Uh, he was a little bit late because of the weather. I think they had a flight delay. But I paid for it in advance. I hit him up on the website and uh, worked it out with his wife. And she's like, yeah, bring a blank first thing on Friday. So I did. And uh, yeah, he worked on it all day between signings. It was like the last thing I picked up Friday evening before they closed. Nice. And uh, still yeah. way to do it. Yep. My plan, however, was to get two Shazams this nice. weekend. I was going to get Doc Shaner to 
draw the uh, Mary Marvel from the new champion of Shazam. Cause I, you know, I was looking at who was coming. I was like, Oh yeah, I like this guy's art. I follow him. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know, I never did pick that up and I picked it up and I loved it. And so then I went digging and I found all the issues and I was going to bring them to get signed and the flights delayed. We haven't heard from him. Okay. Flights delayed. It's going to be seven tonight. So he'll, he'll be here tomorrow. And then I come the next day and it's like, flight got canceled. So I think uh, the weather just oh. uh, screwed him over too significantly. So I, I missed that Shazam. And then Dan, is it Pinozian? Is that how you say Pinozian? I don't know how you say his last name. The Urban Barbarian, I believe, is his Instagram. I was hoping to get a, a Shazam from him. And when he finally showed up, because his was delayed as well, I walk up and he is chatting with uh, Frank Thierry about some kind of comic artist or writer who had, and this is really dark, just forewarning you, that had supposedly raped and murdered someone. They were going through their phones trying to find, well, who the fuck, who was that? No, that guy, no, he was just a rapist. I'm like, oh, just a rapist. They're like, oh, yeah, what? okay, well, whatever. And so they're like, no, but there was a guy. And so they're like telling this insane story. And he's like, you're, you're covering this for the podcast? Cool. Okay, we're going to find out. And you come back tomorrow and I'll tell you who it is. And you you break the story on the podcast or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, this is a, a dark turn. Sure. And so, um, I was like, well, hey, I was the guy who asked you about the Shazam. And he's like, oh, yeah, great. Um, I left my art supplies in my hotel room by mistake. <laughs> okay. I was like, well, can I prepay? And I'll just leave the blank here. I'll pick it up for me in the morning. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just come back tomorrow. I'm like, All right. So I come back. I get in a little bit late because of weather. I get in at 1030 instead of 10. Check the table. He's not there. I go and get some autograph done. Come back. 11. He's not there. Okay, do another lap, do some digging through the bins. And I waited around until noon, but I didn't have anything else I needed to do anymore. And so I left. So yeah, I was not able to get that one. But while I was digging in the bins, found a couple of cool pickups. First of all, blanks. Nice. A couple of these I've already had before, but I used them up a long time ago. That Supergirl is new which pretty stoked as I'm gradually starting to expand. I've picked that one up as well. I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? Speaking of Supergirl, as I'm walking around and some of these guests aren't there that I expected to see, I'm like, okay, well, who else do we got, right? And I came across Jason Metcalf. And I'm flipping through his original art book. I was like, this stuff reminds me so much of Michael Turner. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was definitely a big influence. I'm like, man, that's amazing. I said, you know what? I always carry extra blanks with me. And I was planning, because I'm going to Megacon, I was planning on asking Silvestri to do like a Michael Turner style, because who better, right? I said, but I think I'd like you to do one. He had full color options starting at 150. And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. And he worked on this kind of throughout the day. I was able to circle back a couple times. It was actually so slow after a while that I came back and it was like uh, Mustafa Musa and Jonathan Glapian and I think Mitch Garrods were all just standing at 
at his booth hanging out talking because they like didn't have anything to do. So he's finishing my Supergirl as I go to pick it up. And like literally everyone else that I've been talking to about commissions is just standing there bullshitting. But this is the finished piece. Uh, I was pretty happy with that. Yes. And, and Jason uh, is an awesome dude. He's been at several Dallas fan expos and I've got oh, cool. some pieces from him. Yeah. He what did actually, you get from him? Actually, I, I just got like prints from him, but he had one where, it was a daredevil and Batman standing back to back. And I know you've probably seen the image. Everyone uses it, but he's the one that actually drew it. Yeah. Super cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was really nice. So that was my surprise pickup. There's another artist there that Dunk was talking about earlier today. And that is John Boy Myers. Um, he had a fan expo exclusive uh, variant cover of mad love they did a reissue of that cool. he's wearing a beastie boys shirt and so we were talking about hip-hop and i told him i was like oh you know what i actually got a a rhyme you're in one of my rhymes on my next record because i have a, a track i'm working on called dc versus marvel and i said something about uh got every back issue from capullo to john boy and he's like oh that's awesome man you got to send it to me when it comes out so i had a good little chat with him and then when i did my first lap of the the con uh came across this uh exclusive and uh, brought it back to him to get signed. Nice. He's a cool dude. He tends to be busy. I think when I saw him, was it, I forgot where, but uh, he was drawing one of those cards, one of those blank cards, he was drawing himself. <laughs> and uh, But that was a request from someone. So he's like, yeah. Oh, that's I interesting just, to get artists to draw themselves and collect those. Yeah, so he was like, he's like, this is the first time I ever drew myself. Like, I don't even know what to do. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny because he was like, I'm going to mess myself up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is clever. interesting. Like, that's a different collection, I guess. Well, I know some guys will have a collecting gimmick. Like, there's that guy who only gets famous artists to draw toasters instead of characters. Oh, you know? yeah. And like, there's, there's, I've seen some weird ones. And a lot of times, if you come up with a quirky request, sometimes it makes them more enthusiastic about it. I'd imagine some people are probably reticent, like, yeah, I don't really, okay, you're funny, you know, but like, I've seen people do more elaborate shit for the less uh, common characters, you know, like we were talking about, everyone's asking Mitch for a Batman, right? So, well, yeah. true story, I had Jay Lee draw my dog, Louis, oh, cool. my French bulldog, because I had him in a, a Batman suit, and fun fact, Jay Lee is a huge animal supporter he loves nice. animals and i i just love my little my little bulldog and he's my best bud and uh i asked jay if he would do it and he his eyes were just like yes <laughs> i want to see this i want to see it and so i showed him you know the picture and he was like text that to me and uh i'll work on it so he did it so you're right i mean some Very of these cool. guys like weird requests some of them will just tell you to find someone else to do it shout out to uh, a friend of mine probably yours too uh tabitha she, she goes by gotham fox love i think on mm -hmm. um instagram and when she had her cat pass away it was like a couple days before she was going to a con to meet jim lee and she was very excited but like the whole thing was kind of a downer and and she told me that when she met jim she told him and he drew like a little kitty remark with the signature oh, on nice. Her, nice. her cover i'm like man that's such a sweet thing to do yeah you know given cool. the circumstances 
Not that you guys should go and lie now and be like, yeah, my grandma died. Will you draw my grandma for free? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to give the floor to Gramps here for a moment because I was given a bit of a warning about (laughs) this next character for this iconic actor, you know, uh, legend of the screen. Peter Weller. Dr. Weller. Yeah, see, I was told... By you specifically, <laughs> do not call him Mr. Weller. Do not call him Peter. No. Why is that, Gramps? <laughs> He's an actual professor of art history. He received his doctorate in, I think it's like Italian Renaissance art history. Yeah. And he prefers, you know, he's earned the right to be called Dr. Weller. And he will correct you if you call him anything different. He corrected the sign, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. So, yeah. <laughs> the first time I met oh, him was uh, probably about five or six years ago at a Dallas convention fan expo. And he does this panel. And, you know, everyone's wanting to talk about RoboCop. Everybody's wanting right. to talk about Star Trek and all the films that he's done. And I feel so bad because, you know, they have the microphone set up for the people to come up and ask a question. There's probably like 15 people in line and you get two of them to answer a question, yeah. to ask a question. Yeah. He's not a guy that will just answer a question. He, uh-huh. he will go on a whole lecture and explain, you know, philosophy and, and his own personal beliefs and all this stuff. This guy asked him about, what did you think about um, when they had the premiere of RoboCop and, in London and it was met with some protest at the time. And he was like, do you know what that movie is about? I mean, full throated. <laughs> yeah. That movie is about capitalism. I mean, just started going off for about 45 minutes, <laughs> 45 minutes. And then he, he got like one question done. And then he was like, that's a I Kevin prom- Smith Q and a right there. Yeah. He was like, I promised my wife I wouldn't go off on something like this, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that is yeah. the perfect segue because that happened while I was in line. Yes. He's talking to folks who are, you know, maybe four people ahead of me. They're at the table. I'm back in line. He looks between these two dudes. They're up there together. And he looks between them to the line and he stands up from his chair. And he's like, what does every great story have in common? I'm like, what? And he's like, what is... <laughs> the movie RoboCop about everyone was dead silent. And I just said corruption. And he's like, no, what is every good story about? Everyone was just like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) And he said, resurrection, it's resurrection and rebirth and redemption. He's like, it's a story as old as Christ and every good piece of literature (laughs) since then. And he goes, come on, you guys need to take a literacy course or something. This is embarrassing. (laughs) And he sits back down and finishes signing the shit with those guys. (laughs) Man, he he is a character. Everyone has their Peter Weller story. Well, when I first got in the line, the, the handler who is just snaking us around in order, you know, he comes up and he's like, by the way, he's been ranting about 30s, 40s, and 50s music for the past 15 minutes. He goes, so it's going to be a little bit of a wait. (laughs) Okay. 
So last year at the Dallas Fan Expo, Dallas Fan Expo did this stupid thing where they had VIP bracelets. Right. I don't know if they did them there for you. but uh, Yeah, there were people who could skip the line. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were all queued up on Friday for Dr. Weller. We had been queued up for probably about an hour. His flight was delayed because of the weather. All right. So, okay, no problem. Yeah. We'll wait. Hour turns into about two hours. And usually on Fridays is when I like to get all my autographs done. And then, then I'll do whatever the rest, but he was the one person I really wanted to meet. Yeah. Then they let all these people with their VIPs come in, in front of us. Yeah. Oh my God. This one lady brought a trumpet because Dr. Weller actually is a jazz trumpet player. I heard that. He went to college in North Texas, you know, 30 miles north of me. I don't know if he was in the band or something like that. He breaks out this trumpet and gives us about a 15-minute concert. He's playing? He's blowing that horn. Wow. How was he? He was okay. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that at one time he was probably really good, but he hadn't... Hadn't done it in a minute. It's been a while. Hadn't done it in a while. Sure. But he was still... He knew, you know certain songs and all this stuff. It's jazz. Well, that's man. cool. You can, you can mess up and call it jazz and you can improvise, improvise. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were just like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're about two and a half hours in, we've gotten a jazz concert. He's gone off. Just like you said, I wonder the tables next to him. And they're like, Jesus Christ, I can't hear myself. Talk to these people. <laughs> the guy next to us, I think it was Sean Gunn. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And I mean, they were just moving through that line like cattle call. And, you know, they, yeah. we were sitting there for hours. And uh, Which is, honestly, it's cool. I don't want to make it sound like um, at all disappointed with the experience because it's, unique. it's really nice that you actually get a personal conversation <laughs> with the dude. But I just thought it was funny that he's like lecturing the line and someone even said, when I got closer, man, I, I didn't know we were going to get a lecture from you today. And he's like, a lecture? This isn't a... Like, <laughs> just missing oh, a point right over his head. It was great. Oh, <laughs> this next bit that happened, God, I wish I had recorded it on my phone. My friend and I, Levi, Levi is a huge RoboCop fan, and he had brought an original movie poster that they had had at, you know, at the theater at the time. What year was yeah. that? 1988, 89? I think, yeah. You know, during that time, they actually folded those posters into like... Right. They weren't nice and pressed like they are now. They actually folded it. So he takes the poster and presents it to him. Is it folded, like just sign this corner type It thing? was folded in half, and the top half showed RoboCop's head. Right. And the title across the top. He kind of wanted it by the the title and Dr. Weller looks at it and he goes, stands up, never sign at the head. You never want the signature at the headline. It takes away from the art on the poster. And I mean, just going <laughs> off again. <laughs> and it was so funny because Levi very starkly just took the poster and flipped it over. <laughs> so that the base there. And oh my God. I need to have a Dr. Peter Weller 
experiences. I think you do. And I had heard that and I was like, okay, man, how do I handle this? And then, like I said, I got DM'd the other day by a dude who went through the same thing. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that. I think, you know, there's no reason for me to say his name, you know, either. I'm not like, I'm not the type of person who walks up to somebody and says, hi, Dave, how are you? I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know? And so I was like, either that or if I'm in a particularly jaunty mood, I might say, hi, Dr. Murphy. Because <laughs> you know, he's Officer Murphy. He's like, oh, you have to do that. I'm like, no, I really no. don't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> and so uh, I was trying to think of how can I talk to this dude and not trigger him, right? Right. I'm like, what's something, <laughs> what's something different that I can ask him about that he doesn't talk about all the time? That's related to this movie. Like I, I was thinking about it, and I just watched the 4K restoration of RoboCop director's cut, as well as a, a couple other movies from uh, guests that I was about to meet the night before I left. And so I said, "Hey, have you had a chance to see the 4K restoration? Because it it looks amazing." I, I said, "I got the director cut and whatever." And he's like, "Oh, I haven't." He goes, "That's Criterion, right?" I said, "Actually, it's Arrow." And he goes, "Oh, Arrow." And I don't remember the name he said, but he knew the actual guy who you know was in charge of overseeing all that stuff for Arrow. And he's like, "Yeah, he does excellent work." And he was telling me some of the other films that he saw. And he's like, oh, "Okay, that's good to hear." He's like, "I'm gonna actually check that out." He goes, "You know, the director's cut is better. It's funnier. You know, people say it's too violent, but it actually more lighthearted in the second one because they kept more of the humor intact." I'm like, "Well, that's cool." And then I get out of the way and let the next guy up there while I wait for my uh, my movie to dry. He turns to me again instead of the guy in front of him and he's like you have to watch the robo doc have you seen robo doc the documentary and i was like oh no actually it's on my list it looks good and i and i said you know were, were you in it did you you know participate and he said yeah he said once they uh, agreed to my robocop price because <laughs> i don't talk about that unless there's money involved but uh oh, yeah. he's like yeah it turned out so good and he's like you you've got to check that out so that was cool to get the actual star of the film to recommend, you know, a fan-made documentary about the film. So definitely made me want to check it out. Very nice. Kudos. Because yeah. um, it's a little bit, I, I guess, if you know the rules, you'll have a great experience with him. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. Yes, yes. You go to the line, you order, you step aside. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Um, but you know, it, he, he was really a nice guy and he, he does take the time, you know, to chat with his fans. And yeah, I appreciated yeah. that, you know, he signed robo, he signed the date on there, you know, none of that stuff nice. was what I, you know, asked for or anything like that. So pretty cool. Um, I, I was, over his head. Yeah. He <laughs> wait, wait, go back to that picture. Go back to that picture. Uh, I just closed it. Hang on a second. The date is right by his head. Well, I thought that was funny too because yeah, he, he signed by the head. He broke well, his own rule. He, well, yeah, I thought he was going <laughs> to sign at the bottom, and I was like, really sweating, rules. like which marker should I give this dude if he's going to sign at the bottom, right? And then I ended up just like letting, you know, letting chance have it, you know, like whatever happens happens, and he just grabbed a regular sharpie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it actually stood out pretty well. I'm sure he signed a bunch of these before, so he knew how to do it. But yeah, very cool, very cool. That dude, um, if you ever get a chance to see him again, go to one of his panels. He is, dude. I wanted to, and I had to just get out of town while I could. You know, sharp as attack. 
<clears throat> he can literally list every director and cast member for every movie he's ever done. That's great. He, I also, you know, I really liked him on Dexter. He had a, a like a guest starring role on a later season of Dexter that was really cool. He was also recently in, and the, of course, um, Batman. We didn't talk about him, but he, yeah, voiced he was the Dark Knight Returns. And I asked him a question about that. Um, I asked him if he was familiar with the story, um, you know, because he was also in RoboCop Two. Yeah, which Frank co-wrote. Yeah, co-wrote and directed, and so. Frank was actually in the movie too. Um, I thought that second one was um, Ivan Kirshen or whatever his name is from uh, uh, Star Wars that directed that, wasn't it? Uh, Kirshner, is that I his think name? Frank may have co-wrote it. Kirshner. Uh, let me look it up. There's a K involved. Anyways. So I asked let me derail you. If he <laughs> knew... Um, the story before he he before he auditioned for the role and he corrected right. me he said no i was offered the role <laughs> i was like oh excuse me whoops which he was perfect pitch perfect as an elder batman i i really thought he was great in that yeah and i i had like before i left and i was packing my bag you know, like a week early I went to my wife and I showed her my Dark Knight Returns DVD and my RoboCop DVD. And I was like, I can't decide. And uh, eventually, you know, I grew up with his RoboCop. You just got to have it. Yeah. It's, you know. it's iconic. Guys right. were talking Kirshner. in line about like these dangerous kids or dangerous kids toys, you know, when we were young and, and like, oh yeah, there's all kinds of shit. And I said, dude, my RoboCop toy, you could actually stick the, uh, like the cap gun, strip in the back of it a whole roll of it and you could fire the gun <laughs> like, <laughs> like the figure could fire the gun i'm like that shit was nuts <laughs> yeah you're right kirshner directed miller co-wrote the screenplay okay yeah and i think he was more involved in the third one as well yep i think he actually wrote the third one but yeah such a cool connection even if yeah. they didn't know each other but yeah, that's awesome that you get to meet him. Um, he's always, it's always fun to see others get lectured by him because, you know, <laughs> as long I'm like, as it's you, not happening to me. <laughs> I'm like you. I'm like, what can I just say just to keep him level and, and just hi, thank you, yeah. polite smile? I'm looking forward to meet him. Well, yeah. like, Sometimes it's a roll of a die too, because like when I met Giancarlo Esposito and I always want to say Esposito, but (laughs) I I watched one of the, it was one of the cast members of uh, Better Call Saul um, was like, no, it's Esposito. He's corrected me to my face. I'm like, all right, cool. But um, I saw him at two different cons last year. And uh, when I went to get my autograph, he was loquacious and like just high energy and, and laughing with everybody and, you know, talking for a while with everybody. And then I get up there and he just takes like a moment. He's like, hang on one second. And he like turns around and he like turns it off for a second and he checks his phone and he drinks a water and he takes a giant breath and he turns back around and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I could just tell dude was already kind of wiped out, you know? 
And so I had a very brief encounter with him um, with, when everybody else was like getting the, you know, the the deluxe red carpet treatment. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, oh, that, that's too bad. But at the same time, like, I just respect these guys so much, especially if you're doing con after con after con. Yeah. Like, man, just just all the energy it must take to do that for your fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've got another one to share here. And this is... Ah, another sound I need to turn off. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so oh, cool. the guys from Mallrats were oh, yeah. there, Jason Lee and Ethan Suplee, and uh, both very nice guys. Um, Jason was talking with folks a lot about his uh, his new business. I got he's opened up a, a camera shop or something like that down the LA area, and so he's really excited about that. And um, you know, shout out by the way, just to uh, Fan Expo. You know, they gave me the uh, the press pass this year, and so I was able to. Um, you know, typically you can't like film and take photos in the celebrity areas and stuff like that. And so, you know, they were like, "Hey, you know, talk to anybody, show them your credentials, just ask permission, whatever." And so, you know, like Tara's people and and Jason and and Weller and all these people were very kind and let me, you know, document the lines and the signings a bit. So that was that was very nice. But um yeah, um I don't know if you guys are big Kevin Smith fans, are you? Mm. In moderation. I'll just say that. That was a uh, degree of hesitation <laughs> that um, it said a lot with a little. <laughs> My silence is usually deafening. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll leave it at that, I guess. But um, I am. And I was introduced to all of these guys um, Jason Lee, Ben Affleck, you know, Kevin Smith, Michael Rooker, all of these guys when Mallrats came on stars the cable movie channel back in the 90s and uh was at my buddy's house and it's actually my friend's house that i was staying with uh uh, for the con and yeah movie blew me away because the the opening joke is disgusting and hilarious (laughs) and then the intro is a punk song with comic book renderings of everybody and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking hilarious. It's punk rock, it's comic books, and you're watching it, and the, like fucking Kevin Smith dresses like Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, use the grappling hook and shit. And then Stan Lee is in the movie. I'm like, oh my God, this movie has everything. This is <laughs> like it was made just for me. <laughs> and so I was very excited when I saw these guys on the guest list. Um, if you look over here, I don't know if you can see my mouse, but... He's like, can I sign you dumb bastard? And I was like, you sure can. (laughs) Please do. Um, Actually, the first celebrity I ever met at a con was Jason Mewes, who plays uh, Jay. And uh, he signed my Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And I have yet to meet Kevin. I got to see him live at a a screening, but, and do, you know, Q&A thing. But um, yeah, yeah, I got, I did a mail-in. Uh, well, I, get, I think it was one of the GalaxyCon mailings to get him to to sign next to Jay. But uh, yeah, man, these guys, uh, I still think their movies are hilarious. And again, I haven't like, watched that in forever. I'm like, I should dude, it's, watch it. It's so funny. And it's just like, ev- again, everything about it that they wrap together is so great. And I even rewatched Chasing Amy because Jason Lee has a pretty big part in that too. And you know, when you were talking about Glapian earlier, I immediately thought of that because the movie opens at like 
a tiny little, it was like third annual Manhattan Comic Con, right? In the 90s. <laughs> and it was just this dumpy little thing. And this guy is arguing with him, calling him a tracer. He's like, <laughs> he grabs the next guy in line. He's like, okay, 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 settle this for us. If you draw something that's the exact same thing as what someone else drew on top of it and within the parameters of said original art, what would you call that? And he's like, I don't know, tracing? He's like, say you're a fucking tracer. <laughs> Jason Lee jumps up out of his chair. He grabs the guy. And he's like, I'll trace a chalk line around your dead fucking body, asshole. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's shit in those movies that is like strictly for comic fans that <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how crass your sense of humor is, but mine is quite filthy. So, um, <laughs> Same. That's why I have but, to watch it now. Okay. That's my homework so, assignment for the week. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Jason was very cool. And Ethan, I was able to catch um, kind of between people for a minute. Um, and I would just kind of, I'd, I'd step to the side for a minute, step to the side for a minute. But um, he was actually willing to talk with me for a few minutes. And so I, I have a clip to share um, of Ethan talking about mall rats because they've been making the uh the sequel to it uh, twilight of the mall rats and it's been many incarnations and a lot of red tape and uh legal bullshit but yeah i was able to chat with him about it so here's a, a short clip of of that conversation i'm so hoping that we do get to see the mall rats sequel fuck me too dude i, I hope we get to do it it's about our kids in the mall okay. and whatever the mall has become now. Because, you know, malls are different today than they were when we went to malls. Yeah, they're I'm dead. older than you, <laughs> but, like, Universal didn't even realize that they owned it. And yeah. when Kevin went to make the movie, he told them, you own this. I would like to make a sequel. Yeah. And they were like, well, we're not putting any money up. And he was like, great, just let me make a sequel then. And they said, well, we want all the proceeds. And so <laughs> nobody's going to give him money to make a movie of when course. Universal... So it's very complicated. But I heard recently that, and I don't know if any of this is true, that sure. they are close to figuring it out. I really hope that movie gets made. Once they got Clerks 3, and then I've heard Kevin Smith talk about he got the rights back, or he's he's negotiating it now or something from uh harvey weinstein who was just hanging on to dogma and would not let it be seen and um so yeah i guess like a a from prison deal or something he was able to finally negotiate to get his fucking movie back so i'm like man after all that i really hope they get this one i know it's so stupid it's like a record label it's like you you make this whole album and they're like well we want to shelve it but we're not going to drop you. I'm like, wait, so right, yeah. I can't put it out anywhere. Can't promote it. I can't play it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Annoying. You know. So, I hope we get to see it. Um, there's another uh, uh, one more clip that I have because I I just kind of chopped down our conversation and, and you know it's a bit noisy on a con floor, but um, I was able to ask him about one of the other films. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, back in the day, but it was one of the first like heavy, like kind of eye-opening movies when I was probably about 13, seventh grade, and showed me things that I had not come across in the real world. Like and titties? it's Amer American History X. <laughs> oh man, that movie. Oof, yeah. Right. 
It's fucking insane, and it's really a hard watch, but it's an amazing, as Peter Weller would say, a story of redemption and rebirth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it just, uh, it, it, I think it had a big effect on me when I was young, and so I, I had to ask him about that as well. So uh, here's a, another uh, quick clip from Ethan before we uh, wrap up on the uh, the Fan Expo experience, as it were. Uh, the Mallrats folks were the last guests that I saw at the show, so here it is. I grew up in L.A., and in the late 80s and early 90s, I was super into punk rock and also ska. You could go to, like, the Sherman Oaks Overseas Country Club and, like, get beat up in the parking lot by Nazi skinheads, yeah. you know? And then if you went to a show in Orange County, you were almost guaranteed to see Nazi skinheads. Yeah. And so when we were making a movie about it, this was exciting because it was like, let's actually talk about this. It does get weird today because it's just like, I don't like that guy. He's a Nazi. And I go like, that's not a Nazi. Right. A Nazi <laughs> is a fucking specific thing. Well, and what's difficult now is like Chuck D said, you know, can't tell who's in cahoots because the KKK is in three-piece suits. Right. I was so relieved because the movie I did immediately following that was Remember the Titans, mm -hmm. where I got to play the good guy in a movie about racism. You know what yes. I mean? Like, oh, thank God. So yeah, Ethan Suplee had a good time at the Fan Expo. Um, I ended up, you know, everything was frozen and everyone's freaking out and whatever. And I was like, well, that's pretty much everybody I wanted to see who hasn't canceled, you know? And like I said, I... Wandered around the comic sketch art booth a little longer, waiting for Dan to do my Shazam, and, and I never saw him. And so I was like, fuck it, man. Like, I know my train out of town isn't for another, like, five, six hours, but, uh, you know, if weather does get worse, like they're worried about, I don't want to be at the convention center and can't get to the Amtrak station. So I went down there, and um, I saw this massive line. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And apparently the morning train back home to Eugene was delayed and hadn't yet arrived. I'm like, oh, shit. So I ran up there. I changed out my ticket, and uh, I got on the, the earlier train home, and I got back four hours early. So, wow. Very yeah, nice. it was a really quick in-and-out trip. You know, I think I got to town at like 1030 Friday morning. Uh, doors were open at 3 o'clock, and... Um, I was gone by 1.30 the next day. So uh, pretty quick in and out, but, you know, a lot of cool interactions. Got a lot done. A lot of cool pickups. And, uh, you know, like I was telling Dunk, I'm trying so hard. It's it's so hard. There's so many opportunities. And you go into an event like this, I'm like, I'm trying not to spend a ton of money because I've been selling all my shit trying to raise money for Megacon. And there's going to be some incredible creators there. I mean, Jason Fabok, uh, mm. Tony Daniel, Jeff Johns, uh, a lot of like cover artists I've wanted to meet, like Natalie Sanders and Will Jack, uh, you know, Ryan Otley. Fuck, they're just, it's insane. Not to mention the celebrity shit. It's like, oh, they got Cameron Monaghan who played the Joker on Gotham. They got fucking cast of Back to the Future. You know, they got <laughs> guys from the MCU. And it just like, it's insane. And yeah, you're so you're going to be broke. Um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this celebrity shit. You know, like Ewan McGregor was there. I was like, no, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm trying to save all my money for these, these comic artists. And, uh, I'm, 
kind of glad that it worked out the way that it did where the show ended up being a little smaller because my budget was a little smaller and uh you know it just uh it worked out it worked out so when you go to one of these conventions because everyone's different um but i'm very different (laughs) well it looks like you want the the blank covers is that what you normally get yes um Typically, that's what I like to get done. And if you guys check out my Instagram page or my on this YouTube channel, also you'll see the uh, the video tour of my collection from a couple of weeks ago. I went through every piece of art that I had, and I spent weeks taking all the different sized things and photocopying or or photographing and photoshopping and then photocopying them onto blank covers because I had piles of shit, like thousands of dollars worth of shit that was some of my favorite pieces mm-hmm. and there's no room on the wall. And so I took everything that wasn't on a blank and made it on a blank and now everything on my wall is the same size. It's a perfect grid. And as I just sold off all of my quarter scale NECA figures, now I can get rid of that big ass display case and hang more over there. But yeah, now I have room for everything because it's not like a weird ass jigsaw puzzle of different size pieces. And so, yeah, I I already leaned in that direction, but now I'm really leaning into it. Okay, cool. I know that Dunk, you pretty much collect blanks as far as your sketches right yeah actually uh, i was looking i was looking over my blanks the other day i'm like all right what am i bringing my what am i bringing with me to megacon and who yeah. am i gonna go after um it's expensive yeah but another thing is i th- i think it looks neat on the wall not only um do i like the banners but as we are collectors right we're always trying to find new different blanks that we don't already have and so when i look at my wall like right now i think there's about like close to 30 sketches on the wall and almost all of them are unique blanks they're non-repeating and so nice it also makes it look more unique to that artist like that one thing you got yeah. like like this one's going to be my one supergirl blank you know right or this is my one swamp thing or whatever it is so i do think that's cool as well is there any blanks that you're looking for that you're unable to find oh always just- man yeah i mean like there's a bright red suicide squad blank uh that, that's that's cool um i want to get the new year 1 facsimile blank I uh, want to get the new oh, Batman 89 man. Echoes blank. I mean, this is just, I, I just I have grabbed a few that of one. Them. You got the Echoes one? Yeah. I have, I have a few of each, so I'll, I'll bring them over to Megacon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy them off you for sure. Um, I'm also, I've got a, like a massive stack. I dug through all my boxes, um, like all my <laughs> short boxes, and I got a massive stack of all the stuff to bring to Megacon. And it's oh. like, oh my God, how am I going to even. <laughs> fit all this in my hex bag let alone leave with more you know that that was even a challenge this weekend because since i had to to take the train i didn't have my car or anything or my van and so i i took my hex bag that already had my books loaded into it but then i had to shove some 
some clean clothes down the sides, <laughs> cram, <laughs> cram my little travel toiletries in the front pouch and like, uh, the secondary it, it was, items. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, <laughs> it was really pushing the limit. Uh, cause when I first packed my bag, I was like, Oh, nice. This is a nice lightweight con. This is cool. And then I jammed all that other shit in there. I'm like, Oh, this Damn is it. just unmanageable. So <laughs> At least, at least you know when you got a proper uh, uh, hotel and and you're there for a few days, it's a lot different. And I can, I can uh, have only the stuff that I need with me that day. So that by Friday or by Saturday, you know your back is a lot lighter. Hell yeah, I'm excited for Marathon. It's four days, so uh, you get a lot done in four days. Yeah, I'm going to be there for three because my wife's coming with me and she wants to do Universal. So we're going to go and hit hard for three days. I don't know how I would even have money for even that long. And then afterward, <laughs> uh, we're going to do the stuff that she wants to see at, at Universal nice. uh, Sunday, Monday, and then fly the fuck home. So, yeah, it's going to be a crazy week. And Your feet are going to kill. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, already anticipating that, and I'm starting a new job tomorrow, which is all on my feet too. It was the oh. first time in uh, like almost four years I've had to do that. So, yeah, I'm gonna be hurting real soon. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just pain. I've done I've done a lot of things <laughs> to uh, to make some money for this event. So you know, this job is part of that. Do what you got to go. do. Yeah, and I will get me a fabok. <laughs> it's finally happening. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope that if you're tuning in to our first ever video episode that you enjoyed the format, you know, drop a comment, let us know if there's stuff that you want more of. I thought that, you know, integrating as much video as I could, uh, you know, photos, mixing it up makes it more interesting than just three dudes staring at you. But um, I don't know how much I'll be able to do at Megacon in terms of video if I'm just a guest uh, or, or not a guest, but a, you know, an attendee, but I will uh, I do you, as dude. much as I can. What's that? I, I get press passes. I gotcha. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, we're on the same podcast now. So yeah, hook it up. And then, uh, we'll, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, then we'll both, we'll both document and, uh, yeah. and we'll come back. So yeah, our next con <laughs> review will be Megacon Orlando. And, um, in the meantime, we're going to start working on, uh, the beginnings of the fourth season. So it'll take us a little while to, to accumulate some episodes to share with you guys, but it will be coming soon. Starting with, uh, should we tell them, should we tell them what we're going to start with? Why not? Yo, why not? Okay. <laughs> why not? Uh, well, we, uh, mentioned it early on the show, but Mitch Garrett's and Tom King's Riddler one bad day. So wait, no, fuck. I got the wrong one. We are doing that. But we're starting with a different Riddler book. How how common is that? Fuck. Uh, no, we're going to do the uh, Paul Dano scripted uh, Stevan Subic Riddler Year One. I sounded so confident that first time. I was like, <laughs> You're I like, was like, we didn't thinking, talk about this. Wait a second. He, <laughs> he flipped it, but I'm not opposed to either. But I yeah, thought, same. oh, that was a brilliant segue. <laughs> And then you ruined your own segue. I tried, yeah. Uh, Self-sabotage. It, it happened. You witnessed it in real time. And unlike the audio podcast, which is heavily edited, you're just going to see it. Yeah. I'm going to feel the awkwardness. And um, we're going to live with it. Yeah. 
It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you to my new co-hosts. If you are uh, uh, listening to the audio version, please give us that five-star rating and review. And if you are watching on YouTube, drop a comment, like, subscribe, all that bullshit. But really, you know, let us know how you like the new style. And uh, these two assholes that are now part of the Bat Fanatic podcast, you know, give them a little shout out below. So thanks for listening. We will be back with Megacon Orlando. <laughs>